Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. My sermon this morning is basically this, uh, and I, I don't know if we have a slide. Hey, there it is, the greatest Christmas gift. Now, guys, please don't shut me down just because uh, it's another story about, you know, Jesus coming for Christmas, and he's the greatest Christmas gift, of course, and, you know, don't, don't shut me off yet because I think this is going to be a little bit of a, it, it's not just your typical baby Jesus born in the manger you know, shepherds and angels and, and what wise men come following a star and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's awesome. All of that happened. That has its place in, in our lives and in, in the Christmas story. I've preached on those things many times. But this morning, I want to I want to kind of back away from the trees to look at the forest of what Jesus has done in coming. Because obviously Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift ever given to you and to me and to the entire human race. And so would you pray with me? Let's just pray and and ask God to bless this time, this message, and give me brevity (laughs) and clarity. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will show yourself this morning bright and shining as you are, the most wonderful gift that's ever been given to the human race. You are the gift. You are uh, everything that we need everything that we could ever want or ask for. And God, I, I pray your Holy Spirit would just come this morning as the, as the revelator, as the, the one who brings the revelation of Christ. Holy Spirit, that's one of your primary goals for human beings and one of your primary purposes in our lives is to reveal Jesus to us, who came to reveal the Father to us. And so, Lord, I pray this morning as I preach that and teach that 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 will happen in a big way in your name i pray amen amen there's a there's a guy in the vineyard uh he was at um uh the vineyard in in Coleraine, uh ireland and now he's at anaheim vineyard his name is mark marks and uh he's basically introduced this uh, ministry called healing on the streets and We'll talk about that another time. But one of the things that he's done in terms of, of meeting people where they're at in evangelism is he asks a question. If God could do, if God could give you something, uh, anything that you wanted, if God could do that, if God could give you a miracle, what would that be? And he says, that I get the craziest answers to that question. You know what, if, if, if God could give you anything or do a miracle in your life, what would you want? And, and he said, I've, I've, I've been in pubs where the, wait, the waiter said, I, I want a great experience tonight, uh, 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 you know, uh, intimacy, intimacy, you know, like I, I, wanna, I want to have a great experience tonight, you know, after work. And he says that he always turns those kind of requests into something powerfully true and right. And so, uh, you know, he's like, I just pray for this, you know, John or whoever, that, that they would find your gift of, of intimacy, Lord. And he just turns it into something good as he prays for them. And then he's asked this question, what do, you, do you know what I think would be the greatest gift that God could give you? And then he shares Christ. He shares that, that they would come to know the one who is life. 
that, that they would come to see and to know the God who loves them so much that he would send his son to die for them and that they would know Jesus. That's the great, that's the great thing. That's the great gift. So, if you're, if you're living in a place of darkness, if you're living in a place of darkness where, where there is just absolutely no light, What's the greatest gift that you could receive? The gift of light, right? You know, it's really interesting in the Gospel of John, uh, when he begins to talk about Jesus, he introduces, uh, you know, John's, John's Gospel is, is different than the other three Gospels. It's very, very different. And one of the, one of the differences is that the Christmas story is told in a very, very different way. It's told about, you know, and, and it's interesting that, um, that when, when, when um, John talks about Jesus coming to us, he talks about being sent by the Father. And that phrase is, in John's writings, is, is, is repeated 42 times, that God the Father sent Jesus. So Jesus is a gift, but he's the gift. And the gift John talks about is light. Why is that? Well, let's look at that. I, I, I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'm just going to unpack it with you and talk about what it means to you and me right here, right now, today. In the, this, I'm, this is John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. And I, we don't have the scriptures this morning. That's all right. But in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word, capital W. That word um, has to do with explaining and expressing and defining. And so the word is Jesus. Jesus is the word. And, and he comes to explain and, and to define and to describe and to, to reveal who God is. And the word was with God, so the word was with God, and the word was God. That implies oneness and separateness. Our, our, our in, you know, not separateness, but there's a oneness there. But there's also the word was, was God and the word was with God. There's bo- it's a both and. And we, we are Trinitarians. Christians are Trinitarians. We believe in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three persons in one Godhead in, 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 as God. So God reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the second person of that, of that triune God, the, the Son who is the Word. And so he was with God in the beginning. So, so the Father and the Son were together. They've always been in this relationship together. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Do you understand Jesus and the Father and the Spirit were all involved in creation? We're here because Jesus created us. We're in this world because Jesus created this world, this universe. In him was life. He is the source of life. He is the beginning of life. He is the source of all life. And that life was the light of all mankind. See, see, he's light. He's life. He's love. He's all those things. And we need those things. We were created for those things. We were created for light and life and love. 
and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there's a, an alternate translation that's just as, as true. The darkness has not understood it or comprehended it. And for our purposes this morning, I'm going with that translation, that definition. Because the problem of the human race is that because our first parents decided that relationship with God was not good enough, Satan said, he's holding out on you. God's holding out on you. You really need more. You really need to do what God said not to do. You need to eat of this this forbidden fruit that he said not to eat from. And so what they did is they took sin off the tree because that fruit represented sin and they put it inside themselves and became one with sin and plunged the entire human race into sin, depravity, darkness. Our understanding became dark. We died spiritually. God said the day that you eat of this fruit, you will die. They didn't fall over dead. They still had a soul, mind, will, emotions. They still had a body that walked around, but they were spiritually dead, and they gave birth to a race of people that were spiritually dead. But God did not create you and me to be separated from him. God did not create you and me to be alienated from him, living in light and us living in darkness. He refused to let that be the case. And way before you and I were created, way before there was, the, it says, um, uh, the Weiss translation says, before the foundations of the universe were laid, God already knew you and me. And God had already determined, or it says that, that the Lamb of God was slain before the creation of the world. Before there was ever one Adam created in the heart of God, Jesus had already died on the cross to redeem us back from our darkness, from our blindness, from our, bro- our, our brokenness, our wrongness, our separation and alienation from God. And so there came a moment, there came a point in time where God sent his son into the world as light in the darkness. Our greatest need for the human being is light. (laughs) You see, Jesus was God. Jesus was the word. Jesus was the creator. He is God. He is the word. He is the creator. But John settled on the primary focus of his introduction of Jesus coming into the world as light. Why is it so important that Jesus is light? Again, because our biggest problem as human beings is darkness. Darkness is alienation from everything that's good. Spiritual death. Adam and Eve plunged us into a distorted view of God. Our minds have been darkened. Our hearts have been darkened. And we've tried to to find our own way without God. In spiritual darkness, we just moved away from God into the domain of darkness and poverty and bankruptness and failure, and we're just stumbling around in the dark. That's the, the, the blight and the plight of the human race is stumbling in the dark. You ever, have, you ever, have you ever tried to, to walk through a room in the dark? It's not fun, is it? You know, my dad used to say, do you know what shins were created for? To find furniture in the dark. You know, when I was uh, going through depression back in 2012, I had a recurring nightmare that I was in the church here, 
but I couldn't turn the lights on. And, it, and, and I was just, I, was, I, I could barely see a little bit of light coming through. And I, and I, would, I would try to, to find my way through the church in the dark. And I was terrified. It was a recurring nightmare. I don't know why. But there's something about darkness. Little children understand this. There, there's just a fear. It's almost an innate fear of the dark. It's a terrible place to live in darkness. And when light comes, it just seems like it solves the problem. Originally, you and I were created to be in the circle. See, see, here's the thing, guys. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were living in eternal love, eternal fellowship, eternal light. Uh, just, I mean, in the most glorious, amazing life that you could imagine. God has never lived individually without relationship. God is a relational God. And you and I were always forever in his mind. You see, I've said this a number of times. I'm going to say it again this morning. God never wakes up in the morning and has a new idea. He's an eternal God. He doesn't come up with new ideas. And he has known you and me in his mind and in his heart for all eternity. He just had to bring time and space and and, and the universe in, in, into being so that he could put us in a context. And we're, we live in time and space. And then in time and space, we were alienated from him because of the fall, because of what Adam and Eve did, our original parents. And God says, I am going to enter into their time and space, into their brokenness, into their, into their alienation, into their, into their darkness as a human being and bring the light to them and then bring, and son, you're going to bring them back to me. Nettie said that what we need is, the, is, is embraced. We need embraced. People need to be held and hugged and loved and told. That's what, that's what we were created for, to live in the eternal love and embrace of God. And we lost that in the fall. We lost that. And God says, I will not allow them to be alienated from me like that. Son, go after them. Go into the far country, bring them home. Go into their darkness and bring the light of my love, the light of my truth, the light of my embrace, and bring them home. So let me, let me keep reading here. The true light that gives light to every man Everyone was coming into the world. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He became flesh. God became a human. That's just, that's crazy. That's what the Christmas story is about. The incarnation when God puts on human flesh and comes and lives among us. That's how much He loves us. He's always wanted us to be with Him. And we were, when we were alienated from him in our darkness and in our brokenness and in our rebellion, he came after us. And we have seen his glory. There's the light, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. He's the word who comes to explain who God is. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now listen to this last verse. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, 
he has made him known. He has made him known. We need to know that God is not an ogre. We need to know that God is not some uh, Zeus up in the sky ready to throw lightning bolts at us when we screw up. God loves us eternally. God is love. That's his very nature. God doesn't have love. He is love. And love loves. And love loves unconditionally. And so God says to the son, take the light of my love and my truth and go into their darkness, into their brokenness, and bring them back to me. Whole. You see, the cross is not about God, Jesus taking our punishment. I've, I've really thought wrongly about that for a long time. That's not Jesus taking our punishment. If you read the New Testament really closely, you'll see that what, G, what Jesus died for was to eliminate our brokenness, our alienation, the results of sin. It says in, in Romans 8, I think it's around verse 3, that, that Jesus, in Jesus, that God condemns sin in sinful man, sinful human being. He didn't, he didn't condemn sinful human beings. He condemned sin. He wrapped us up in himself and took our brokenness and our alienation and our, our rebellion and took that to the cross and put it to death right there on the cross. Adam and Eve took sin into themselves, off of the tree into themselves. He took sin into himself and put it back on the tree where it belongs, on the cross. And then his death became our death. And his burial became our burial where he buried our sin. And then his resurrection became our resurrection. And he's brought us back to the Father, clean and whole and pure. Does that make sense? He came. It says that in, in Colossians 1 that he, brought, he, brought, he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. He's come into our darkness and brought us out into the light of his kingdom. So originally we were created to be in eternal fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Spirit, in light and love and life. You know, when I was little, um, I used to love, uh, I remember this, I mean, I, I couldn't have been very old because my brother wasn't born yet, and I'm two and a half years older than him, but I, I remember, I can remember back, when I was two years old. There's probably four or five memories of two years old. And one of those memories was I, on, on Saturday morning, I would go and, and climb into bed with my mom and dad uh, in you know, early morning, and they, they, would, they would snuggle with me, and they would lay on either side of me, and they would kiss me on the cheek, and they, they, would, they, would, just, uh, they, they would just pour out their love on me. And I, I remember that so profoundly. And, uh, and then when I was, uh, I, I was visiting mom and dad in college, and uh, it was the, the morning I had to get up and, and go back. Uh, I, I, they were living in Arkansas. I was in Alabama. And so there was like a seven-hour drive home. And uh, for old time's sake, they climbed in bed with me, and they snuggled with me, and they kissed me on the cheek. And they, they, they acted, they treated me like, I, I, like when I was two. And, you know, I was what? 20 or something like that. And it was like weird and awesome at the same time. <laughs> I just love that. That's the Father's heart for us. 
Nettie, what Nettie said about, yeah, I mean, that's what Jesus has done, Nettie. He's come and he's, he's embraced us and he's brought us back to the Father's embrace. In our darkness, in our alienation, he's brought the light of the love of God. And it says here, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who himself is God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. And do you know that in this gospel, in the gospel of John, Jesus says two very profound things. He says, Father, you love them as you love me. We have no concept of that, that kind of love. We just don't, we can't comprehend that the Father would love you and me with the same love that he's eternally loved his only begotten son at his right hand for all eternity. That is amazing. I don't know how that hits you, but that, that just blows me away. And, and, and so the Father is inviting us into that kind of embrace, like my parents embraced me when I was a child. And then again, at that time in college, that was awesome. We were, to, we were created to be in the eternal embrace of the Father. And he is love, and he is God. And all that he has ever wanted to do is love us and give us himself and all that he has and all that he is. That's what he wants us to have. We have, we have no concept of what that means. No wonder Paul says, I is not... I has not seen and ear has not heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. All he wants us to do is love him back. All he wants us to do is to believe in Jesus and, 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 and say yes to his love that's offered to us, this greatest gift that was given. All he wants to, us to do is to receive it. In fact, I'm going to look here in... Um, in verse 12, it says, All who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent nor of human decision, but born of God. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we say yes to the light, he, he comes in and, and we are born into the family of God and we become God's children. We are adopted in Christ back into the family. I mean from our alienation to being children of God. Now, there's two responses. When, when, we're, when we're alienated from God, there's two responses that we tend to have. Either rebellion or religion. And they're both equally bad. Rebellion is just, leave me alone. Don't, I don't want any part of you. I'm going to go do my own thing. Don't, don't bother me with the, the truth or the light. I like living in darkness because that way no one can see my evil deeds. Jesus says, people like that. People are like that. They reject the sun. They reject the light. They want to live in darkness because their deeds are evil. They want to continue to live their own thing, do their own thing. They're, they're happy with sin, and that's, no thank you, I'm, I'm not interested in anything else. But those of us who have a conscience, those of us who, who care, our response typically is religion. It's okay, so God is holy, so I better be holy. God is, God is uh, you know, I, I've got to somehow please him so he'll like me because there's a part of God that doesn't like me. And so I've got to somehow do enough and believe enough and, 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 and pray enough and put Jesus on display enough. Guys, guys don't, ever, 
don't ever, that whole putting Jesus on display with love and power, that's an overflow and an outflow of the love of God in our hearts. Not a badge or, a, or somehow to earn God's favor. Please don't look at it that way. If that's how you look at it, stop doing it until you get the love part right. Until you understand the acceptance of Christ, the embrace of the Father in Christ. He came to reveal God's love. He came to reveal that God is love. And so religion, religion, Jesus was, was more okay with the rebels than he was with the religious folks. Do you understand? I mean, religion is the most repugnant thing to, I hate when people, my grandmother thought she was paying me a compliment. She was Catholic. And she told me when I was like 16 years old, Neil, you are so religious. I wanted to throw up and choke her at the same time. Because I had no interest in being religious. I just loved Jesus, and I just wanted to, you know. But I've, I've gone in and out of religion. I had a nervous breakdown in 2012 because of religion. Because I was trying to please God. I was trying to earn his, you know, my keep. You know, I, I was trying to add something to what he'd already done in the atonement. God has no interest in your religion. God has no interest in your performance. God, here's a, a great story. I heard this from a guy named uh, Baxter Kruger. Uh, uh, Dennis and I love this guy. And he was telling, I, this week I was listening to one of his uh, podcasts or whatever, and he was talking about this, this man who was a master uh, like carpet weaver. And uh, his little son said, Dad, I want to I do this with you. And so he tried to show him a few things about weaving carpet. And, and so the, the kid took the needles and he just started weaving the stuff. And it was just horrible. And he started on one end and the father started on the other. And as, he, as, they, as they met in the middle and they weaved past each other, the father took what the, the son's, he took the mess that the son had made and turned it into something beautiful. We, we, we're messes. We make messes. You've messed up, and I've messed up so many times. And Romans 8.28 tells us, and Romans 8.29 tells us that God is weaving, and he just, weaves, he just takes our mess and weaves it right into what he's doing. And somehow we come out on the other side, and it's hallelujah, Jesus. You're awesome because you took my mess and made it beautiful. You took my darkness and made it light. Awesome stuff. The true light that, was, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The, world became, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory. Jesus is the expression, the, the explanation. He is the revelation of the Father. If you've seen me, he says in, in John 14, you've seen the Father. He's good. What's the Father like? The prodigal comes home having squandered his father's wealth, having slopped pigs, having, having completely rebelled. He comes home with this phony confession to somehow earn his father's approval so he can just be a hired hand. And what does the father do? He runs to meet him. He throws his arms around the pig slop. He puts his robe on him. He puts the sandals on his feet that restores his sonship and then puts the, the, the signet ring of the family business on his finger. It's the family credit card with unlimited credit so that he can go and spend what he wants to. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a ridiculous story almost. It's a scandalous story 
about the love and the grace and the, 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 the incredible generosity of our God who embraces us in our pig slop. That's the Jesus that, I mean, that's the, the Father that, that Jesus came to reveal, to shed light on, to give glory to his Father. He wants us to see who God is, who the Father is. No one has seen God at any time. No one has seen God at any time, but the one and only Son, who himself is God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has come and shed the light on that and made him known. Guys, let's, let's, let's get rid of our rebellion and let's, for heaven's sake, for God's sake, let's get rid of our religion. Stop trying to earn his approval and his favor and just let him embrace you and kiss you and whisper in your ear like Nettie was talking about this morning because we're just like those people that need that. And I'm 63 years old now and I still need my father's embrace. I still need him to snuggle with me and whisper in my ear how much he loves me. I need the light of Christ to show me the heart of the father every day of my life. I'll never get past that, and neither will you. God is good. God is love. God is, is unfailing love. And guys, we, we have a future. You know, <laughs> Ephesians tells us that he's already seated, seated us in heavenly places with, with Jesus. And he's already given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. He's already given us himself. But we're, so, we're still so blind to this. We still need our eyes open. Christians, the church needs its eyes open. Again, we still live in some degree of darkness. And Jesus is trying to shine the light into our lives and show us who the Father is and the heart of the Father. Let's embrace that. Because until you and I embrace the heart of the Father, embrace his unconditional, unfailing irresistible love, we will never be able to get our eyes off ourselves and on to other people. See, God wants to shine the light out from us. I just close with the scripture. And, and I didn't in, even intend to share this, but this is from 2 Corinthians 3. It says, as we behold, you know, it's, it, over and over again in Scripture, it says fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, in, in, in uh, Hebrews 12, it says fix your eyes on Jesus. Look at him. Worship him. Be enthralled with him. Be OCD with him. You know, that's the one place that you can be obsessive, compulsive, you know, just, just looking at Jesus. It says, as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're being conformed and transform from one degree of glory to another. And God wants to shine his light that Jesus brought into the world right out through us. Throw away your rebellion, get rid of your religion, and let God love you. And let the light of Christ shine into you with his love. And then you just begin to let that light shine out of you to others. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for bringing the light, for being the light, and for shining in our darkness. God, I pray that in this Christmas season we would celebrate your coming as the light into our darkness.
shedding light on who the Father is and his love for us. God, help us discard our rebellion and our religion and just let you love us, embrace us. And then, Lord, help us shine the light to others, as has been talked about in these testimonies this morning. Thank you, God, for putting the service together this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning, as we, as we close, um, I'm going to pray in a moment just to dismiss you. But I want to ask uh, those who are willing to come and pray for people just to, to come on up. And uh, if, if you're carrying a burden this morning, or if you need healing this morning, or if, if you just need someone to pray for you that you might see and understand the love of God a little more deeply, a little more fully, or maybe a lot more, <laughs> Maybe you need to come to Jesus and, and, and just let him give you his life. Maybe you've never taken that step this morning. I just invite you to come and, and, let, and let God love you through his people here. You're free to stay. You're free to go. You know, hang out and talk. Uh, leave if you have to. Come for prayer. But uh, I just want to just send you out with this blessing. May you open your heart to the light and the love of Christ. And may you take that love and give it away. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.